Hello everybody, um, I'm back again. Um, I'm uh, ready to record number three. So, um, I call this one communication um, just to um, people. Oh, before I start, I have had some uh, text messages of people saying. Um, not to forget that some people who listen to this haven't worked in a prison, so if I could explain more the, um, if you like the prison talk, um, so I'll try my best, but I can't promise because I just rattle on and I don't even think what I'm saying sometimes, just comes out of my mouth. Um, as people who know me know this. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so communication. It's um, a good thing to have in uh, when you work as a prison officer to have communication um, with prisoners and just your staff and your managers and everyone who works on the house blocks. Uh, just have that communication with each other. So, you know, it gets to a point uh, when you work with people on time, you just automatically know what each other's going to do because you communicate with each other that long and you know what's going on. Um, and it just communicate any issues with your, your colleagues, don't forget. Um, again, when we were on my wing, everything, every, everything went in the uh, log book, the wing book, um, especially if the shift the next day was people that hadn't worked and the people who were working were on day off. And the communication about what's going on on the wing is mega important. Um, um, that I don't know if it's back again, but I know um, as time went on, we didn't have see these logbooks very often. Um, well, I didn't on the wings I worked on anyway. It was never not there, so um, it's one of them things really. Just practice we had when I started and what I was taught was seemed to whittle out um, and it shows on the uh, situation in the prison now uh, especially where I work I can't speak for anywhere else I only know where I worked and it's just communicate I used to come in shift some days but I've been a couple of days off I didn't have a clue people had moved on the wing people had moved off didn't even know I was going to cells where, when I was on shift, people were working. I'd go to the cell open it and there'd be someone else in there I'm like, oh, well, sorry, mate, what's going on here? So, yeah, uh, that communication is really important and it could save someone's life one day. Um, and someone's on the wing who's got a grudge against an officer and he don't tell the officer then what's going to happen. Use your imagination there. Uh, that's what's going to happen. Um, you know, a friend, friend of mine didn't get told the prisoner on the wing was a trouble cause, shall we say. Ended up getting stabbed, nearly lost his eye. So, um, yeah, need to communicate. And it was a big thing when I started and it was drilled into us to talk to each other and pass messages on to each other or let people know what's going on. Um, if I was on at a weekend and someone was on on a Monday, I'd 
text them and let them know, listen, such and such a thing happens, just take care in the morning. Or, and I'd get the same back, so. Um, yeah, communication with each other. It's good. It's what you need. Um, communication with prisoners is also good. If they know that you, you'll talk to them, talk to them rather than down on them. Like um, I've seen a lot of new officers do these days. Um, yeah, you can't. You need to talk to them. Get respect is earned both ways. Um, they can re they respect you if you show them respect. So. And I know it's hard sometimes because there's some like bell ends in there and it, you just, but half of it's a show, they're just showing off. Um, it's a word I, I learned when I was doing act assessor training and, and stuff like that. A lot of the stuff that prisoners show in jail is maladaptive behaviour. Um, half the time the shit's scared but they just put in a big face, you know, like, guess who I am. And uh, when you talk to them, it's different matter. So, yeah, it's a, a lot of that goes on in the jail, and it's you just talk to people. And, you know, it's no good going there being dick, so you be a dick back. That's not how it works. Um, and don't get me wrong, I have done sometimes. I've actually liked people coming in and that horrible and pushing it that much out that we go back at them. But that's human nature, isn't it? Um, everyone can be professional up to a point and I know people on here that know me and work with me know that I've crossed that line a few times and I just can't take no more shit off someone and I just have to react to it and that's wrong you don't you shouldn't do that and I did get demoted for a while because of that but um, yeah so but that's the problem these days some governors and I'm not saying all of them because some have had some brilliant governors um, they haven't worked on the shop floor they've just come in and that's up there and they don't actually know what goes on so you know they see you overreact and you, you think oh my god but they don't know half the shit that we have to put up with and everyone's got a limit I don't care how professional you are everyone's got a limit but don't show it like I do just try and walk away and kick the door when you go out um, not the railings, because believe me, it hurts when you kick the railings. Been there. <laughs> um, yeah, but I've worked with good managers as well who, like, they'll see you worked up and they'll rag you in the office and, you know, just sit down, have a brew. Come on, what's going on? And a, a lot of people, managers that knew me, just let me rant and rave and just sat there. Oh, yeah, yeah, all right, Mark. Feel better now, you've had a rant. And actually, I did. So, yeah. Uh, and and I say communicate with prisoners, and sometimes even the big hard men on the wing actually run the wing will appreciate that you talk to them like if if to use a phrase I don't like to use this really man to man or woman to man or whatever officer to prisoner that's a better way um and it works sometimes because they help you calm the situation down. Um, I don't know if I've talked about the lemoing situation, but I probably have, so you probably know about that. The toilet roll and stuff like that, so yeah. Um, and when I did, uh, I had a lad on railings once, uh, I was negotiating them. Have I told you I was enough to negotiate them? Maybe not. 
Yeah, and when I say, I was a trained hostage negotiator, but it's just called negotiator now in the prison service. Um, but the staff, I, a lot of the staff in the prison I worked with were very good, for, if you like, first on scenes, who actually could talk the prisoner down anyway before it come to that situation where the negotiators was involved. So, and we didn't have any rate, uh, we only had two floors, so we didn't have netting, so that saved a lot of problems. Uh, but sometimes you've got negotiators have got to come in, uh, like this one. He was on the um, he was on the railings and he had um, a noose around his neck, tied to the railing, so he was going to jump. And you know what it was about? This is about communication again. He'd asked a bit. I know I told you earlier that the um, a lot of the lads from Papa Wing on Alphabet Three had moved to Alphabet Two. And the uh, new, new sex offenders had moved to Alfred Brig. So this lad was one of the last to move over. And he didn't have a TV in his cell because sometimes, by mistake, officers um, forget to lock the door of the empty cell. So prisoners are in there, tell you out, and then they've got two tellers to sell. Got a teller to sell to somebody. And anyway, so this lad goes on the wing. He hasn't got a teller. So, quite, he asks the staff for a teller. Staff don't get him a teller. Manager comes on and he asks her for a teller. Um, by bang up, no teller. So what a lot of prisoners, what they do, get on the railings. But he went to the extremes, this lad. He got a noose around his neck. So especially if there's a danger to life, the negotiators have got to come in. Um, have a, to get the blame or get him down, <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah, anyway, I got in there and he called me up. I was in reception, I think, at the time. He called me up and so this is at late on, this is after the uh, the late, the uh, day shifts had finished, so it was on late again. And um, strangely enough, there was no more negotiators apart from me. So... I've got no number two and I've got no number one. So I I picked some staff, some because the staff would all turn up, obviously, because it's a, an alarm. Um, and two people come on to help me. But because they're not trained us negotiators, they can't actually be involved in the negotiation, if, if you like. So it's like, geez, I'm on my own again here, but we'll deal with it. So I had one underneath the landing, so... He couldn't be seen from the prisoner and he had one at the door at the gate so i could get messages through um and then this lad who i had under the gate he didn't have a bloody cut down knife i don't know why we all get issued him we should all keep one on us but he didn't have one so i'm like so if he jumps you'll have to run out and grab him and then so i can get over and cut him down because obviously i've got i'm downstairs I've got to keep my distance just so um, so that plan was in action, uh, and this lad was like, no, man, I'm not coming down, I've been asking for a telly all day, and I'm not coming down, oh, sorry, it wasn't a telly, it was a kettle, so I'm not coming down, I need a kettle, I said, so I'm trying it all, like, talking to him, um, and he's just like, no, and he, he's just not having it, so I asked if the, um, because they didn't have a number two, 
I asked if the VR, the violence reduction um, prisoners could come over and give me a hand. It was on the same house block, so it's not like they have to come out, move across the prison. Um, two big scouts lads, um, Pancake and Gander. Um, so I thought, so they went up and stood each side of him and of course he talked to them because the prisoners, um, he knew me but you know, he talked to he talked to them. But unbeknownst to them, well, I was talking to him, one of the others was talking to him, one of the, the other lad was just like slowly undoing the knot on the, um, on the um, rope, not the rope, God, the noose. You know, there is a posh word for it, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, so I'm chatting to him and he's still like, oh, no, no, the manager's, the manager's not brought. She said she'd bring me a kettle before bang up and she didn't, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I've got to. And then what happens? The manager walks on. And she's like, I said, what are you doing? Well, I, I want him down, I was staff on I said, listen, it's you which caused this. I mean, I wouldn't do this normally, but because I was in a go, and I know some managers would have probably slapped my face. Um, it's your part, it, I didn't say this out loud, obviously he couldn't hear me. I said, just leave it with me. Um, I'll, I'll try and talk him down as quick as I can, but I didn't want to say what was happening because he might have heard, so that was that. Um, so they went, the manager went off. Um, obviously the, the team was kitted up ready just in case. Um, so I'm tack I tried all the tricks, freshly brewed coffee. It was a Friday, so I got some fish and chips, you know, wafting the smell up, but didn't know. Um, he asked for some water, so I asked for a bottle of water, with all the condensation running down, and just put it on the table. So take home, mate, come down, you can have it. Uh, anyway, so this went on for about an hour. Um, and then the lad, two lads were talking to him as well. Um, and then they let me know that the knot was undone. So I says, right, he was called Zach. No. Oh, fuck, it'll come to me in a minute. Um, and he let go of the rope. He says, right, mate, come on, it's time to get down. I'll stop messing about. I'm not messing about, I'm going to jump. I said, you know what, mate, if you jump, you'll only fall about six foot. Yeah, but, and he went like that and it just come off in his hand. But that's another communication with prisoners and a plan we got together as a you know it was like because we yeah so um that was that one sorry the duty manager the silver command was involved in that as well it weren't my decision it was silver command as well I'm not taking no no i must explain that as i'm negotiating it is higher up than me watching and, and i'm getting advice off them uh, otherwise, I can't. I can't say go and get them prisoners out. It's got to come from above me. So yeah, but that's communication between me, the manager, the silver command, and a chat with the prisoners. Uh, so yeah, communication is really big, and uh, you you must you've got to talk to these lads. Yeah, the prisoners, and yeah, a lot of them have been sentenced, so they're serving the time. Um, and just talk to him, it makes you, it doesn't, I'm going to say make your life easy, but it, it, it helps make the job a bit easier if, if you can talk to him and they're all right talking to you. 
uh, big thing we talk about is dynamic security, which is listening and, you know, people just dropping you little snippets of information because sometimes that's all you need and that leads up to bigger things. So, you know, it can lead up to smashing drugs rings, getting bullies and, I mean, one dynamic security, I always had trouble the day before I went on leave for some reason, for a few years. Um, I was just outside. Sorry, let me explain. I was Mike Wing and it was a new style house flop. So Mike and Lima Wing were next to each other and we didn't share the same yard. There was a massive fence in between them all, but it was right next door. So I'm out on the yard and, and I've been having a chat with some of the prisoners on the yard, like I do. Um, and I was stood by the door because uh, someone brought me a brew out. I don't care, I can't get in trouble now for having a brew on the yard. Um, and the top, the twos on Lima Wing Corn Cell was right above my head. And I could hear these um, prisoners from Liverpool <laughs> um, all in the cell said, fucking stab him up, stab him up, slash his face. So I'm like, oh shit. So I got on my radio, called out like assistance required Lima Wing, um, and I ran off, shouted to one of my mates, I'd like, get on the yard, and I ran off. And we got up there, and, and God knows how people got there so quick, but. It's probably because I say need assistance. Because uh, however daft I am, I'm not going to run in a cell where I know these weapons. So we ran, we piles in these lads on the floor, all cut up. There's about four of these Liverpool people in the cell. Uh, of course, for the time when we ran in, they, they, they heard us all charging up because we all wear these big daft boots. Uh, shanks were disappeared, but there was fucking blood everywhere. And this lad had blood all the way up his arm. He was like, was it me? It wasn't me. I had nothing to do with it. I said, oh, all right, mate. I said, was you giving him first aid? Um, I think if I hadn't been listening, that lad would have probably got hurt more. But it was all over drugs and shit. It, it, mad. And the little gangies and, and oh, God, it's fucking nuts. Um, so, yeah, it's just about listening and... You know, I've had prisoners tell me where this fight's happening or, you know, I told you the one in the previous one about I've got to tip the wink on the hooch and stuff like that. So it happens and, and that's because you communicate and you talk to people and you learn a bit of respect. So I stated, I mean, sometimes they'll tell you the little things so they can get up to something big, but you get wise to that eventually. It's just one of them things that is prison craft, we call it, jail craft. Sorry, um, it's just what you pick up with experience. You can walk on the wing some days, start your shift, or and you just can sense. I don't know what it is, sixth sense, whatever. You can sense the wings bubbling up a bit, there's stuff going on, and sometimes that that's when you get uh, such and such a body's after such and such, you know, and you're like, okay, thank you, we'll cut, and we just. We'll put them behind the door we, we, and then we'll go and see the manager and we'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, it, sometimes yeah, they, they use stuff like that as a distraction. Uh, 
yeah, we use it as a distraction to die, distract the staff. Uh, I did mention the last one about the lads who his brother started fighting and set the fire alarms off and all kinds of tittle-tattle all it. Someone who's in debt will be told to go and have a kick-off with an officer or kick-off with someone else. So we'll run to the fight, we'll they go and do other business. But the more knowledgeable of the job you get, the more you say, OK, uh, if, especially if there's three on the wing, two year will go to speak, sort that little bit out. And the other one will just sit and watch the rest at wing. Um, and if you pressure the alarm and everyone piles on, then yeah, you've got enough officers. So we'll just get on with the wing. Um, then people will take the piss. They say, oh, you didn't get involved. You just stood there. So yeah, well. Uh, to be honest, I'm the idiot who was always involved and didn't stand back. But that's because I'm an idiot. Um, I just didn't like... <sighs> Sounds a bit big, I didn't like fights on my wing. It just it just made me late for my meal break, and because I smoked, I that's the only time I got a smoke on my meal break. So that was like I'm going for my meal break. Don't don't start start after dinner, and I'll deal with you. But just get behind your door, mate. And sometimes that worked. He'd laugh and oh, okay, I'll get behind my door. Um, and that's the other thing, humour. You know, can have a laugh. And it's like I said before, you draw a line in the, not in the sand, but you know what I mean. You draw that line, and that's my line where you can go with me. Go over that line, and I take my glasses off, and you're in trouble. Um, so, yeah, sometimes you got to use humour with them as well, and try and treat them, even though in the back of your head you're thinking you're horrible little man. Just... For keeping the peace, sometimes you've just got to be like, yeah, have a laugh, but think you dickhead. Um, some stuff like that as well, but anyway. Because uh, I'm not on here to criticise, mostly not to criticise. Um, just to tell you how it works in the prison. Uh, people who work there obviously know how it works, but as I've been told by my mate, some people listen to it who don't work in a jail, so... Um, so this is how you try and handle the wing uh, and this is why I was saying earlier again it's best in my opinion obviously I'm just a, a bottom of the level script prison officer um, keep people on the same wing because you know every, you know your prisoners you know when someone's up you sense it but if I'm going on different wings every day I don't know what the attitude of the wing is um, so yeah, that, that's my opinion anyway. Things change, I know that. Uh, we can't use the uh, excuse old, old school, old school this and old school that. Yeah, that was great, but now times have changed and that's what I've, I found difficult near the end of my career, that things have changed and the way you dis use discipline and order on the wing has changed, so... And I'll be honest, as usual, I'm going to be honest, it, it's a load of shit at the time, isn't it? Um, I've got people, I know, who tell me this, that it's so shit at the minute that prisoners are running the wings, and, you know, it, don't get me wrong, prisoners used to run, run the wing before, but in a different way. Now they just do what they want, openly taking drugs and openly kicking off because... Uh, 
Apparently, I don't know if this is true, it's just what I've heard, that the new governor in charge doesn't like planned removals. But I'll leave that because I don't know if that's true. Um, so it's no wonder they're losing control. And I, I'm really, really worried about my old colleagues that we're going to have big trouble at the jail. I hope I'm wrong. I 100%, 1 million percent hope I'm wrong. Because I've still got good friends who work in, in the jail and... Uh, well, I wouldn't want anyone to get hurt, any officer to get hurt. All I want is my friends and even not my friends to go home at the end of the shift. Uh, could put up with enough shit without anyone getting hurt. I've been hurt myself twice. And which, to be fair, in 12 years, is, is not too bad. Um, I know we don't go to work to be assaulted, but it's a job and sometimes it happens. Uh, I'd just like to say, anyone who doesn't know, the person who uh, knocked me out, not the staff that knocked me out after when they fell on me, he got 24 months in court for ABH on me and got the other three members of staff he assaulted, he got nine months for attacking a emergency worker. It's about time... Um, it's about time officers got results on stuff like that. Um, because for a long time, you got assaulted by a prison, it never went any further. So it's a good thing. And the judge was really good. He, he was really like, ripped this prisoner. And the funny thing with it was, and the judge actually said to me, I'm sorry about this, Mr Davis, but because he's already in jail and serving a sentence, there's limits to what I can give him. It's like, what? If he'd have got, if he'd assaulted me and then got released and then got called back to prison for assaulting me, he'd have got a longer term. Ridiculous, isn't it? So because he's already serving a sentence, he got less. He got, the original sentence was three and a half years and he got knocked down because he was already in prison. Um, the stupid man is just up for, up for his parole, but that's not going to happen now for another two years, is it? Dick. And he's a coward because he refused to come to court. They had to do it by video link. Um, oh, my God, was I giving him the daggers through that court. But then his barrister had a dead Irish accent and she kept distracting me and I had to keep looking at her instead. Um, so I, that, that, that happened on uh, blah, 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 what day? Tuesday. Spent all day in court. Um, even had my suit on. That's a, a strange one. Um, the uh, yes, yeah, and I worked to reception. We sent a lot of people to that court, so it was good to see where we used to send them. Uh, but yeah, I was sat there all day. I got there, started at twelve. I left at like quarter to four. Um, yeah, so we well, we sat there like. Oh, I wish he'd have been in court. He was sat behind his screen like then. He smirked a little bit and he got pulled back. Judge said to him, do you think it's funny? Do you think it's good that you've assaulted a prison officer? Well, he, well, they're doing the job. That's all they're doing, the job, and you think you can go to... Oh, mate, it was proper good. Um, so, that, yeah, that happened on Tuesday, and that, well, I've gone off course again, as usual. I just waffle on, sometimes I forget where I'm up to. So, yeah, that was one of them where uh, the communication and... Being able to talk prisoners 
help you out sometimes in that situation. Um, and then there's been times I probably mentioned earlier where prisoners have jumped in and helped uh, officers and then when everyone turns up, they get nicked as well because they're fighting. I mean, they didn't get... They got let off, obviously, because of circumstances, but, uh, yeah, it happens a lot. Uh, you, uh, yeah, so... Uh, I can't, I don't want to, there's one, uh, one of my, I don't know if I spoke about this, probably have, so I'll skip it. Uh, so, yeah, the, where a female got assaulted and the prisoners jumped on him and held him down till I got there and then, uh, and said to me after, uh, you know, if that was you, Mark, would have just left you fighting with him? I said, oh, well, thank you. <laughs> uh, they probably wouldn't. As I said earlier, when I got, the first time I got knocked out, lads jumped over at Cerberry and burnt their hands just to come and help me out, so appreciate that. But, you know, it didn't didn't affect our position as officer and prisoner, but it just had that bit of respect. Um, uh, so, yeah, it's, it's a big thing, your communication. Communication with your manager. Um, and... You know, I'd say 90% of the managers I had were brilliant, good at the, just knew the job. Um, and a lot of them, if you did something wrong, they give you a bollocking, and you, if you've done it wrong, you accept that. Um, sometimes I've done stuff, stupid stuff, call in the office, give a bollocking, and that was it. It didn't go any further, it didn't go any higher, but, you know, with do it again and it fuck yeah no it will I'm like yeah fair enough and I I never ever denied doing a stupid if I've done something stupid I'd be the first one to go and tell them I won't leave it just so they might not find out I go and tell them um, and one time a lot yeah I've mentioned it before but uh, Martin Jones was a deputy governor then and he said the one thing that saved your job there, Mark, is that you was honest about it. Uh, I said there was no point because I, I remember this from when I worked in, in care and someone used to say, always be honest with what's happened because if you lie and then the truth comes out a few months down the line, you're going to be in the shit. Uh, if you cover for someone who's done something really bad, you know, and you see it, report it, because, again, if that gets found out further down the line, you're going to get roped into that. And that's a thing I've always kept. And I'm not a grass, don't get me wrong. Um, I've seen stuff that's happened that's <laughs> been deserved, shall we say. Uh, and then, luckily, in the prison service, I've never seen anything that merited me going here. But my opinion was sometimes, if I seen someone doing something stupid, I'd get them and say, can you have a word? And I'd go fucking mad, I'd say, listen, you don't fucking do that on my shift. I said, I'm gonna, I'm telling you now, I've seen you, don't do it again. I said, this is a warning, if you do it again, I'm going to state tech manager. And then it'll be done. So just don't do it. And it you know, if I find out you have done it, because prison will tell me shit if something happens, I'll make sure that you suffer the consequences. And I'd leave it at that. Um, so, fortunately, I've never got to that point, but I have spoke to people myself about 
if I'm not happy with what they've done, I'll tell them. Um, so yeah, these, but you, you've just got to be careful sometimes because I'm not saying it, no, it didn't happen a lot back in the day, uh, but now the, I, I got more, not, I don't think in reception because it was quite a tight-knit team. And previously on house block three, we was a tight-knit scheme, but when I was on other house blocks, I, my trust of my colleagues went down quite a lot um, because the, some people in that back in them days, and it's happening now, if people grass over staff up, get some up the ladder. I'm serious. Um, and I'm not going to, not all the people, mate, so don't, the new managers who are there now and people are like, don't take offence. It, it's only a few, and it, and it, it, yeah, because now it's, it's, it's as I say, our system's changed nowadays. It's, it's not, how, oh, I'll rephrase that. If you're good at paperwork and you're good at writing things down on a piece of paper, you get promoted over experience. Um, yeah, that's my opinion again. But don't get me wrong again, there's some good people, managers now, who have gone the paperwork way, but they are good managers and they were good officers, so you don't mind. Um, but, yeah, in my opinion, there's still a bit of... Um, in my opinion, there's still a bit of sexism going on in the prison service where I know good people, good mani acting managers are still acting managers and in my opinion they're better than pe males that are getting promoted and this one person I know, she's still an acting up com, she's done it acting up com in security and all that and reception and all the other things, TC and then someone will get promoted over her and in my opinion, my opinion only, it's because she's a woman and she don't go to the gym with the governor. Because in my opinion, again, that's what it's like there now. It's a, little, it's a boys club. Go to the gym and you, you kiss the governor's ass if you like. You probably get promoted. Um, there's a few other um, examples, but I won't go into it. Um, but yeah, that's just one, and that's my opinion, obviously. It's nothing to do with anyone, and, and maybe that you, that female manager doesn't think that, but I'm telling you, that's what I think, and you know what? I don't work there anymore, so I'm not bothered. I'd say what I think. In fact, I always did when I was there, but that's why, anyway. So yeah, and it's, um, yeah, and the biggest issue I got again with communication is when off officers are going through mental health situations. Um, it used to be brilliant. I mean, I went through mine and our deputy governor at the time, Martin Jones, sorted therapy out for me. And he used to come down on my therapy days into reception and say, right, you, therapy. Um, or he'd ring up and say, get Mark Davis up here now. <laughs> and I let, he'd, make, he'd make me go, which is good. Um, and my managers were the same. And when I had 
see a therapy outside of work, they let me have, have the time. Um, but, only, but now, uh, again, this is my opinion, they seem to be targeting people with mental health issues, um, terminating the contracts because they've not finished probation, but they haven't finished probation because they've got mental health issues due to bullying. Um, occupational health have said they need some more time to sort the mental health out, and they're like, oh no, you're on probation, so out you go. Sorry, mate, but that's not what you do. And I, I'll tell you what, why I've got every... I have my mental health issues, like I've just said. They didn't get me, get rid of me, they helped me. And I ended up staying for another few years. And I've... So why are you doing it now? And again, I don't know if it's just me thinking this, but it's two females it's happened to. So, I'm gone. I got help, I got... The company paid for my therapy. Yet these two young ladies who I know have lost. One of them's lost a job, and now they're fucking about with the wages. She's a single parent with three kids. Pay her the money, you know. It's an employment law. You've got to pay. Her. See, I'm on a rant now. Um, and the other one's lost a badge. Said she's what? She got mental health issues, man. She got assaulted. I know how that feels. How it affected me. And I'm supposed to be a big macho man. <laughs> Not. Um, so, yeah, just please talk to your staff, man. We've always had it previously. We've had good, good number one governors or directors and assistant directors. And we all knew him. They come round, even one I mentioned before, Claire, we had a bit of a personality class, but she was always going around the prison. Everyone knew Jonesy. Uh, he couldn't miss him, really, but, yeah. You know, it, well, yeah, John Hewitson, Bratty. You know, we all knew him and they all made themselves available to you. If you had an issue, go and see him and just you. I was a union rep. And in them days, I could go up to Bratty or John and say, listen, we've got this problem with such and such. But, uh, or even the, the ADs or the managers, you know, you know, can we sort it out before it gets out of hand? And be like, yeah, OK, bring him up or whatever. Um so there was good communication right from the top to the bottom. Now there's not. Uh, again, I can only say from up to when I left. Um, other governors uh, stick up for you. Even though you're a dick and you've been a pillar, they'll stick up for you. Especially I, the beginning of the end for me was I got talked to like a piece of shit by this person in, a, in another circle jail. So I said to him, like, oh, you know, I went back at him about um, and we had a few words and then I went off and he reported me, put a, a complaint in. So I'm going to example Martin Jones, John Hewitson, Bratter, even Claire. I'd have got called up the office, why, what happened, blah, blah, and I'd tell him. And I'd say the only reason was because he spoke to me like shit. I said he's probably been in job five minutes and he's talking to me like I'm shit. Uh, so I, I give it him back. I was a bit known for that, to be fair. Um, and then I remember Jonesy saying to me, well, no, John Hewitson was, give me a right bollocking. I said, right, get back to work, leave it with me. And that's the last I heard of it. This fucking idiot we're in charge of, I'll call him Chipstick. Um, all right, what happened? So I told him, I said, well, uh, 
what's happening next is not going to be very nice. And I thought, you know what? Bollocks to you. Anyway, I'll get back to that because that's my sad ending. <laughs> Rattled on again. <coughs> so, yeah, that was it. Communication, that was it. So, uh, shall we get back to some uh, other stuff now? Um, yeah, so I got, well, I forgot where I finished that. Oh, yeah, the bloody Rizzler. Uh, that was another thing we had lack of communication. And again, any night or so who were talking, I am not talking about you all here, eh? just particular people. The rest of you, I think you do brilliant jobs. Uh, and I don't know how you do it. I could not do permanent nights. Nuts. But yeah, we had a lot of situations we have to deal with first thing in the morning because of some of the... some actions by the night SOs. Um, and as I said, 90% of them are good. You know, they don't they just do the job and they just that's it. And they're good at the job. And like I said, it's an hard job. I wouldn't do it. I couldn't do it. In fact... After I left the house blocks, I went anywhere that didn't do nights because I could not stand it. Um, and the, the way they spoke to prisoners, uh, they were, you know, and then we had to deal with it in the morning then because, yeah, some night staff, as well as day staff, but a lot of the night, some of the night staff were like proper jobs with. Um, you know, we all learned that people on acts, you shine the talk like above them so you get a reflection not right in the faces you know what I mean it's just you're just asking for it and some of these are mentally unstable so that and they might not have slept for three or four days and then you're shining the torch right in their eyes do you know what I mean use your common sense mate I could check on a prisoner without even him knowing because you just shine the torch but it's, it's not rocket science is it um, but he'll shine the torch and one of them left the lights on all night on the wing. All night, he didn't turn them off. And I was like, why have you done that? Well, I don't like the dark. What? So you're making 70 odd prisoners uncomfortable and grumpy for the day staff to come into just because you can't, don't like the dark and you can't be asked getting a torch. Come on, man, get a grip. You know, things like that, it's like, what? Or, you know, like, it didn't happen to me, but, I'm on nights and I was about three, so I go to my own wing to talk to some of the lads. Looking, so I know someone who's done that, and then the next day, manage it. Next night, they get called in because the SO was with him, complained that I spent it all night on the wing. No, I fuck it, I did. No, it wasn't me. I keep saying I, but they didn't. They probably just chatting to the lads because it's their wing. And like I said, communication with your lads. It's like, they could have said, oh, Mark, you need to let the day staff know that such and such body's going to do this. You know, it's all about dynamic security. It's about talking and listening and communicating, finding things out. You know, it's... Uh, it's your jailcraft, man. And Again, not all of the SO, some of them, they come stating on that job and they haven't got a fucking clue about jailcraft. Jailcraft keep you alive, mate. Like I said, sense it. You can sense it when you go on a wing. Oh, it's a bit fucking... Sometimes it's too quiet. Or sometimes some of the lads will come out with the trainers on instead of the flip-flops, you know. Something's going to happen. Um, it's just little things. It's 
jail craft, good, good stuff. And you don't, you don't teach you that in the training room. That's what you get when you get on the wings. And that's why I used to say, and people, like I said, the good people that train me up, just watch what we do, watch and listen and ask questions. It's the only way you're going to get your jail craft because they'll tell you, like they'll come up and say, and you, I go, oh, it's a, I, you don't use the key word. Oh, it sounds all right. And yesterday they said, yeah, that's a problem. When everyone's not shouting and bawling and go, can I have this and go, can I? You know, when it's quiet, I've said it now, but it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, or the trainers, stuff like that, or it's why you clamp down on people coming out. <laughs> Say that. The rule used to be you don't come out on the wing with your top off. Because what do they do these days when they go for a fight? I don't know why. I never took my top off when I went for a fight. Um, take the tops off and you got the trainers on, you know, all this shit's going on. I mean, even in them days, you know, when you've done your roll count, you've done your meds and you take people off to work, people go off to work. And then, as I said, we went round and doing LBBs on every wing. And the rule was in them days, if you didn't get to work, you had to have your curtains open in your cell and if you was lying on your bed, your bed was made and you could lie on top of the bed. You couldn't stay in bed. You couldn't have your curtains shut. You had to have your curtains open and lie on top of your bed. Pfft, nah, not anymore. You, they lock them up now. People go off to work, they put them behind the door and then they all go off for a briefing or go and get the breakfast. And... Um, Prisoners stay in bed, curtain shut. It's like, what the f What? Um, I've been on a wing before. On an, when I was on Alphot 2, I went on, um, I was coordinator. Um, oh, no, I wasn't. I just went over for the day. Went from reception to work on Alphot 2 for the day. So, it's me and this new member of staff who do meds. So, on Alphot 2, the meds act is in the middle and... So only one wing at a time is supposed to come out, supposed to. But then again, that's another thing. You don't even bother with that now. So that's why they have loads of fights at the meds. Actually, just bring people out for the other wings, will they? And they're all in the queue. Ridiculous, mate. They've got. I think people forget it's a cat be jailed. There's some gangs in there. There's some idiots in there. Well, so so anyway, roll count gets called, and we're still doing meds. So it's like, oh no, so it's like, we can't do, we need some help. So I wait in the bubble and there's no one there. I'm like, where is everyone? They've only gone for pissy breakfast, left me and this girl on our own doing meds and gone for the breakfast. Two things wrong with that. Prisoners are still out, not on the wings. And secondly, no fucker asked me if I wanted it. And that's the time when I did go to the manager and I said, listen, this is ridiculous. They take I mean, it was a good friend of mine, the manager, who, yeah. Um, second the piss out of there, mate. They've all fucked off for the breakfast and these people still out. Oh, my God, she went ape shit. Um, she even won't let me in the, in the bubble while she was bollocking him. She said, right, thanks, Mark. Go back to our reception. I'll deal with them. Yeah, but it just... And that girl ended up leaving because they kept leaving her on her own. Which takes me back to the lap when I was talking that that's why we lost a lot of staff because there was a 
Well, like the old say, yeah, 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 that's how it, well, it's not how they learn. I pulled one person who I actually mentored and I seen the new member of staff who was on his wing and she, she's like, man, I hate this job. I said, well, what's up? Because she, she would have been a good officer, in my opinion. Keep fucking leaving me on my own. I was on my wing, on my own on the wing all day today. I was, I was, I was getting a bit scared, which you do. You imagine you're 23 years old and you've got 56 prisoners on there, like long termers and people who are doing over four years. So quite serious offences, and she's getting left on her own. Now I never left this lad on his own. Never ever left this lad on his own when he was on the wing. I either took him with me or I sent him to do something and I stayed on the wing. Not because I'm a big brave hard man, because I know my wing. Um, so I, I pulled him over it and I ripped him a new arsehole. I said, How did I did I ever leave you on your own when you was on my wing? No Matt. He was I said, So why are you leaving her on your own? Well, uh, I had to get well, she could have gone for that, mate. How was she gonna learn her way around the jail if she don't go for me? I said, Lishy, don't let me hear that again, mate. I said, I'm going to go sit manager. Uh, and that was enough. He's a manager now, so. <laughs> uh, no, he's a good manager, don't get me wrong, but he, he made a mistake and he got pulled on it. But unfortunately, that was me personally. There's no... Um, to me, there's not enough... There is staff now, um, <laughs> saddles, <laughs> That's the name. No, it's Dassos now. They call them Saddles at first, then they realised, so they call them Dassos now. They, which they didn't in them days. Uh, now they, when once officers are qualified, they actually go round and check on them and make sure they're all right, and they pull people for not looking after them. But then they didn't. Uh, I applied for that Dassos job. Um, you had to do a presentation, so I did it on my favourite subject, staff mental health. Um, and they're like, that was an excellent presentation, Mark, very good. But uh, we can't offer you the job because you didn't use a computer. <laughs> Fucking great. Uh, and later on, I realised the modern day, that's how a lot of stuff done, in it? PowerPoint and all that. So, yeah, I accepted it eventually. <laughs> But yeah, it was because um, I'd have loved to end my career in training and passing my experience on to other people. Um, but it wasn't to be. Because um, I can't use a computer properly, apparently. No, it's true, I can't. Can ask the uh, staff I worked in reception um, if I can use a computer. Yeah, uh, Lucy will tell everyone about that. But I'll tell other people. Uh, we have a new system now in reception where everything's on computer. Where before it used to be on a green, so every property that come in used to get wrote on a green farm by hand, which to me was heaven, right? So now it's all on computer and you've got to press accept and all this crap. So one day I'm doing this lad, uh, it was a long termer who come in, uh, he just wanted to swap some property. His job, you think? Oh no. What does Mark do? Press the wrong button and scrape every bit of prop off the system. So according to the system, he had no property. Uh, I think it took Lucy about two or three hours the next day to put it all back on. Because luckily, 
we do print, we do copy them and there's a copy somewhere, thank God. Because that could have caused so much trouble. I won't be proper, you have got to let you know. Oh, he did a self spin and he's got nothing on his car, on his self card, and he's obviously he's a long term, he's got shitloads of stuff. So, yes, yeah, computer there uh, never happened when it was human pen and paper, but hey. Uh, um, so that happened. I remember once, um, Lee, I think it was Lee, Zach, and Leon, and I was there trying to put everybody on the computer, and they just went, Matt, you just fucking up, get off. They won't let me on the computer for the rest of the day. Um, I was just slowing it all down, it was like one finger typing. So, yeah, and, and things like that. This is what a good team can do. You can actually tell each other, like, you fucking shit move. Um, most of them could. Some of them had fight back against. Um, I'll tell you what, we had one. Uh, when I first went in reception. Big lad. Um, and before I worked with him, I thought he was all right. You know, tornado team, big lad, who played rugby and all that. Anyway, when I worked with him in reception, I thought... Excuse me a minute. Hello, I'm back again. Um, yeah, so that's that. Um, um, yeah, I said before, I'll tell you an incident, another incident I had in an ambulance. Um, so this prisoner, or person, sorry, prisoner, had um, slashed his wrists again because the... Um, Officer won't give him any burn. Now, what I just expressed my opinion, you know, no, we're not passing your burn. So anyway, he cut, he slashed his arms and his, this lad was appetite, had appetites as well, so that made it even worse. Anyway, the superb nurses came and he strapped him up and the ambulance was called and, yeah, they asked if I'd do the escort and myself and a girl called Steph, Steph Whitehouse said we'd do it. So we get him in the ambulance and we're talking talking to him. I mean, I was a bit annoyed with him because, you know, it was like bang up time and, it, well, I didn't mind because I'm a single man, I live on my own, and, but Steph was a single parent. She had a son at home. She had another baby now, but that's, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like, because they can actually make you do it if you don't volunteer, they can just say, right, you've got to go because you're on late. So she ended up in back at taxi with, back at ambulance with me. So I'm cuffed to this idiot. Um, and I'm like, mate, you know, you just, we're taking you to hospital, mate. You've done all this. I mean, to be honest with you, there was a, you know, the short, even back then there was shortage of, NHS was up, up to its eyeballs and shit and it didn't have enough staff and, you know, and it was winter time so we all know how difficult it is for them. So I'm, like, I'm just saying to me, you know, we've got all this trouble. Um, why didn't you sort yourself some burnout before lock-up? You know, instead of asking, you know, officers are not going to pass your burn. We don't do that. You, you know that. He's been in jail a, a few times so he knows the rules. But some of them do this and they think, just as a note on that, he didn't get any back here anyway. So he did it half an hour. Um, so I'm saying, look, 
I said, I'm all right, I'm, I'm a grabber. But I said, this girl got a little lad at home, she wants to get home. So these two ambulance drivers could have, someone could be dying now and they're wasting the time here with you. And he took umbrage with that. I, mean, I don't care. But what he did, he said, he ripped his dressing off and started squirting his blood at us so we know he's hepatitis, he's got hepatitis from fucking hell. So I'm cuffed to him and all this blood's coming out and I'm thinking I'm clever because I've had my bee jabs and all that. So I'm like, oh, try that. So I'm trying to restrain him. But this blood squirted all over it, went in Steph's mouth. So it's like, fuck. Um, so we're scrapping in this bloody ambulance. And it was scrapping it. It was like, there was nothing we could do but fight because it was cuffed to the back of an ambulance. Um, and Steph was trying to help as well. I'm not saying she didn't, but she was trying to help. Um, and then... The um, SO, security officer, who was escorting the ambulance, heard all this commotion. The, the, the paramedic in the back's banging on the door saying, let me out, let me out because of this blood. Um, and the security officer gets on his radio and says, you know, assistance required at the back of visits. So <laughs> all the staff come running down the route and they go into the back of visits, into the building, not at the back where we was in the ambulance. So... You know, it took them a bit to realise and they come some of them over the door like, fucking hell. It was like so they'd been a shooting in the ambulance, it was fucking blood on the roof and everywhere and all over the floor. Um so, <laughs> so they jumped on, got him off, and there's a big trail of blood from the back of the ambulance all the way to the, the um, segregation unit. Um and I'm walking behind her full of blood. Steph's panicking with the nurse because she's some of this blood's gone in the mouth. She's proper panicking because it's hepatitis. Um, we only found out later that it has to be a hell of a lot of blood to go in your mouth to actually transfer hepatitis to you. And they also found out that the jabs I'd had would not protect me against this hepatitis that he had. Um, and we walked him down to the cell, excuse me, in the segregation unit, put him behind his door, and I'm walking out and um, the manager just said, come on, Mark. And I thought he was going to ask me if it was all right. He's like, look at this, just fucking polish that floor. And there was blood all that. That's all he was bothered about. Um, so, yeah, that happened. Steph had to go for jabs and tests and all that crap. I mean, come back that she didn't have it. I, I weren't asked really, but... I had no cuts on me at the time, so it was just blood on my skin. Um, the nurse just advised me to give me arms a good scrubbing, just in case, because she said it can soak through. So I did, and, and that was it. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, we had to do all that. I got bit once, and it broke the skin, and I had to have all this stuff. And you need to go for this, you need to have bollocks. So I cleaned it, stuck a plaster on it, and luckily I was all right. I hate going to hospital, mate. It's like the first time I got assaulted when I got knocked out. I don't know if I told you about it, but a big lad knocked me out. And um, I was trying to get up back into the cell like a drunken man. And uh, say, the lads were saying, Mark, just sit down. I'm like, fuck off, get off me, I'm going back in. And then um, I heard Mel, it was a female voice, but Mark Davis, sit down. I'm like, yes. 
I just sat down. And then they're like, right, you need to go to hospital. I'm like, I'm not going to fucking hospital. I'm all right. You know, being a macho man. And then Joe, we worked up with him. He goes, Mike, you're going to hospital now and I'm taking you. I'm like, okay, Joe. And I went off like a meek little boy. Um, yeah, nothing. I, it was all right. Um, they found a brain and they scanned it, but that was it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was all right. And... Um, did have a bit of an headache. I actually had a day off, so that's how bad it was. Very rare that I had a day off, but I did that day. Um, but yeah, all I'm, I'm, I'm running front. I'm running a scrap. Any man, but a woman shouts at me. I go off like a little boy with my bottom lip out. Um, uh, some of the women realised that they took advantage of me, not in a nice way. <laughs> so yeah, it was. Uh, see, the thing is. Oh, a lot of the jobs I've had after I come out of the army, uh, women were always my managers or my seniors or my supervisors, so I just got used to doing as I'm told. My ex-wife probably won't agree with that, but um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, wow. Um, and as I said earlier, a lot of as time went on, some of these women were quite hard, hard buggers, so... Um, I don't know if I mentioned her before, Shana, Shana was one. I was shit scared of Shana. If she told me to run through a wall, I'd, I'd probably try and do it just because she said that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was uh, good, tough ladies I were, I'm telling you now. Um, some of the men don't realise that. The worst thing that um, the worst thing I've seen was when the females had... Uh, use control and restraint on a prisoner and these males come up and try to move the women like, yeah, I will do it. I was like, yeah, you can fuck off. Um, um, no. Um, at that time, I don't know if I mentioned it before, when the monkey dust was on and I rang on the wing with two females, Maxine and little Emma, and I didn't even get in a cell. They were in there, sighted it out and before I'd even got there. Uh, yeah, you don't mess with some of them. Uh, a lot of them really, even the, some of the smallest females you'd think, you look at them and, but yeah, I mean I remember when I first, I'd not been there long and it was two um, females, Sam Cope and Alex Minister, uh, and I got put into visits, um, and I went in and these two, oh god, we had, they were watching someone because we had intelligence, we were passing, and these two girls were just stood there, like, staring at this couple. And whatever these people say to them, they just stayed there staring at them. And I'll tell you what, if pe them two stare were staring at me like that, I would shit myself. They, they, they didn't move from that spot. They were just like this big, hard stare at these people. Um, so, yeah. I mean, that's what it was like then. And I remember once we was there, I was in... Um, Visits again, and um, I think Vicky King was manager then, or senior, or the um, coordinator anyway. And um, so, obviously, a male prison, and you have to search out 10% of the visits. And there was only two males on, so <laughs> obviously, I had to go in the back and help search. So, while we're in the back, the alarm goes. So it's, don't carry on search, but it said, it said visits. So I was like, shit. 
So running, and this lad had been past something, and he was kicking off, and the girls were getting stuck in, but the um, visitor was kicking off as well. So I ran in, and I <laughs> like Superman, I leapt over the table and decked this lad. But the girls were proper fucking fighting me. They, they were proper like at it. Um, and I think these macho men visitors were embarrassed because these three girls proper tated him. Um, and I tated, I got this lad. Not just me on my own, but I, people were laughing later because I like jumped like through the air like Superman and grabbed him. <laughs> Bloody hell, my knees were hurting after that. Um, a couple of days later, I went on Mike Wing to do a shift to help him out, and this lad was on Mike Wing, he's giving it out through his door. And he just went, I thought, fuck this, you know, and so this is wrong, I know, but he just, so I opened his door, and we weren't going to do now, unless he come at me, obviously. Um, I opened his door, as I opened the door, he shit himself, it ran like that. I said, listen, mate, don't be behind the door, what are you? In a shit house, he shouldn't have been passing in. And you know what it was? He was passing, and he caused all that grief. Tobacco, because tobacco was banned then. And he, he tried it, but we don't know that. Could be drugs, anything. And it was uh, some tobacco. But yeah, it's just that's what they like. When the doors locked, they give it out. So uh, sometimes you, you open the door and you shit yourself. Other times you open the door and they'll run at you. But it's just. It's wrong, I shouldn't have done it and I shouldn't have done it on my own, but it just fucking pissing me off. He was like, yeah, but that's not right. But I'm just saying this is how it continues. And sometimes, like I was saying earlier, if the night staff are being dickheads, it's not them that have to deal with it because, yeah, prisoners can't get to them because they lock behind the door on nights. So, yeah, sometimes you've got to deal with that. I mean, I... People used to, if they'd nick someone, or put them on report, sorry, um, they'll wait till they're in the cell and slide it under the door. Well, no. If I've nicked someone, I'll go in the cell and tell them, listen, mate, I've nicked you. There's your, your notification that you've been nicked or you're on basic. That's another thing that's gone down the pan now. Uh, in <laughs> Back in the day, when I first started, if you was on basic, you had nothing, you had prison clothes, no TV, you didn't come out of your cell. Like an association, you only come out for half an hour or the last hour. Uh, you fed behind your door, you know, basic was basic, you know. Nowadays, nah, you can't take telly off them apparently now. Uh, even have tellies in the cell and segregation unit where, no, segregation unit was like super basic. But now you, you can't put them on basic. It's against the human rights, apparently. But where's the threat? That was our threat sometimes. You know, if you don't like it... <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. Um, if people were late banging up, they got a, a warning. And if they got two warnings, they got put on basic. That was it, no arguing. So most times on bang up, you get them away quick because they knew they didn't want to be on basic. They didn't want, a lot of them had nothing anyway. They didn't want to lose a teller. So, you know, that was what it was for. Uh, what have you got now? You haven't, they can run round fucking, oh, bang up now's horrendous. 
I mean, on our wing, you had six. I mean, yeah, we had the less prisoners. We only had 62. There was no double ups at that time. Um, but because we had this basic thing, uh, we lock our wing up and we sat in the bubble where everyone else has still got prisoners out because they knew, you know, two warriors, mate, and you're on basic. Um, I remember one Saturday, me and Jade had, by the end of the, by the, end of the day, we had 12 people on basic because they wouldn't unlock, like, stay away. Um, you know, that's how it was. We had 12, I think that was quite a record because you just, because in them, them days, Saturday and Sunday, they were out all day. And it was a bit of a nightmare, you know, banging them up. Even though it was only for an hour, some of them were like, oh, I've, not, I've got to see this. No, mate, you haven't, because you're back out in an hour. So I'm giving you a warning now. Your first warning, behind your door, you'll be on basic, won't you, next time? Oh, well, don't do that. I said, oh, get behind your door then. We've got to have a meal break as well. We only get an hour, you're out all day. Uh, yeah, me and Jade got 12 on basic in one, one Saturday. Um, it weren't popular, but I don't care. They, they weren't. We didn't have it again any other day. They were behind the door. Because a, a lot of officers used to threaten it, but never carry it out. Worst thing you can do on a wing. If you say to them, threaten them that you're going to put them on basic and you don't, well, like, he wouldn't anyway. It's a shit house. So you got to do you got to carry out your threats. Uh, not threats. You've got to carry out the rules. Rules are rules. And another thing I learned in care is say what you mean and mean what you say. So if you say it, do it. Mean it, do it. If you don't, it don't mean nothing, does it? Um, and that's how we did it, and it was, it worked. Mainly. We've still got the odd idiot who tried it on, but <laughs> that's life, isn't it? You try it on. Um, so, yeah, it was good fun. Uh, but you got to stick by the rules. Um, says the man who breaks a lot of rules. Not with prisoners. Oh, God, no. I wouldn't even stoop that low. Um, I've got pride. Um, oh, I remember once where, I've not, I don't know if I mentioned it, but bloody Jim Tulip. Um, I've not been there long, and this lad coming, never been in prison before, proper upset. So, obviously, he come on our wing because it was his first night wing. So, I went in with him, like, settled him down, give him a few, you know, don't borrow anything, don't lend anyone anything, blah, 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 blah. Um, oh, worst thing they can do if they knew. They'll come in and say, Oh, do you smoke, mate? I've got any burn? Oh, no, no, I'm really. Yeah, no, I'll lend you a couple of fags and that's it then. That couple of fags is an half ounce and blah, blah, blah. And if you lend them something, you're never going to get it back. Um, so, yeah, you give them all that, as much as you can, advice. Uh, and he just broke down, he was in bits. So I put my arm on his back and patted him and said, listen, mate, you're going to be all right. You'll get used to it. Man. Oh, my God, tulip. All round the prison. Oh, Mark's been hugging prisoners. It's a fucking joke. And still to this day, he goes on about it. Um that I hugged a prisoner, I didn't, I put my arm on and tapped him on the back, but yeah. But I didn't mind, I don't care, this lad's never been jailed before. And I told you earlier, never had a death in custody, so, you know, I'm not having it. That Maybe that's probably why I didn't, because 
and that's why I did it in reception then after that. It was always, oh, Martin, new lad coming, can you go and talk to him and all that? Well, um, yeah, so and we, we used to have um, first night orderlies who used to come down and talk to him as well because obviously, um, but with the brand new prisoners, I went and spoke to him first because the, the first night orderlies um, a prisoner and you know, they hear all these things about what happens to in jail and all that. So, um, yeah, the first thing I told them as well is it's not like the telly. Because oh, when, when he showed his programme, the telly, all you ever see is the bad bits, don't you? The officers for seeing all the uh, controlling restraint or kitted up with the riot gear and all that, or self-harming and getting on the railings and all. I said, it's not like the telly. I said, don't get me wrong, it, it's prison, so stuff happens, but it's not like... It says, like on the on the telly, it's like it's kicking off from morning till night, but it doesn't. I wish it didn't at all, but it does, but anyway. But I say, like now, if they kick off, if there's any fights out, we lock the wing down before we deal with the fight. You know, if, if there's two people fighting, we'll separate and put behind the door till we've locked everyone else up, and then we'll go and deal with the scrap, uh, which back in the day... We'd be rolling around with the prisoners and all the prisoners would be out walking around. And uh, obviously, they're going to support the prisoners, so you're in that other danger of them all joining in then. I mean, I'm going to touch wood then, I don't need to, but fortunately, a lot of the times when I we were involved in it, prisoners didn't join in. Um, as I said earlier, we've had prisoners join in to help us. But never, never, uh, I haven't experienced anyway. It's probably happened, but it, it never happened when, when on the wings I worked or then the CNRs that I was involved in. Um, luckily, I, I would imagine one of them things I suppose I can say, same as it never been a, a death on my shift when I was on shift, sorry. Um, bloody close a few times, but never actually happened. Um, so, um, I think I might end there because I only get 90 minutes. Just before I go, I just want to get on my soapbox again. Because I was, I've heard today, and I, I watched on TV, that how uh, prison's bad because people re-offending's so high and stuff like that. Well, I'll tell you what my opinion on that is. And... It's something I've been banging on about for a bit, but obviously I'm on one man against the... There's probably more of us, probably a lot of people agree with me. Um, the system, not the prison system, so it's no criticism of the prisons or the prison I worked or any other, probably. <laughs> so my problem with the system is... get. He's re-offending because, and someone might correct me, I might be wrong here, but I've got prisoners who used to come in on my wing, and they're still coming in now, and they're homeless, and they're, they've got addiction issues. So, what is the rule? If you don't serve over three months, you don't get any help when you go out of prison. So these people are coming in, homeless, addicted to drugs, because a lot of them my experience in childcare as well. 
they'd start taking drugs to numb the pain of being homeless and whatever's happened to them in the past and and then they get addicted, don't they? So, you know, it's just the rule of the land, I suppose. Um, rule of the jungle, sorry. Um, so what did they do? Say they've already got sentenced for a month, they kick them out with nothing. So it's like, what are they going to do then? They've got nowhere to go, they've got no clothes, they've got nothing. They've got nowhere, nothing, they've got no money. So what are they going to do? You shoplift. And then they get caught and get brought back. So that's, you're re-offending, mate. You know, sex offenders get released, get all the help in the world. Um, people who've took other people's lives get help because they've done, like, 10, 15, 20 years. Quite rightly, I'm not criticising that because a lot of them lads, you know, they do actually rehabilitate and they do, you know... But these... People, these re-offenders, the magic roundabout prisoners, as we used to call them, they get no assistance when they get out. Uh, they got no money. So, I'll give you an example. Well, I can give you loads of examples. One lad, he went. He got released in the when I was working the wing. Then he got released in the morning, and you'll you'll never guess he was back there that that night, because. He'd gone shoplifted to try and get some food because he'd been released with nothing. Uh, another lad, he'd only been out two hours and his probation officer rang up and said, oh, I'll be coming back later. But again, he didn't even have enough money to get home. He didn't even have enough bus there. Um, it's mad. And this is why you're getting re-offending, anyone who's listening who, who works up there, because you're letting these people out of prison with nothing. And it's not the prison, it's the system. The prison are told they don't get nothing, you know. You'll be surprised how many prisoners we've had to give clothes to. You know, stuff that people don't want anymore, the prisoners come swap it or they get new clothes in. We've had to clothe these people so they've got clothes to go out with rather than just the prison greys. Some of them are going out of jail in prison greys because they've got no clothes. And we've, we've actually gone into the, the big pile of rubbish, old clothes we've got, and actually clothed them so they could get out. And don't get me wrong, some of them will sell the clothes because there's some decent trainers, some decent stuff there, you know. And they'll sell them for drugs, but uh, that's the few, I suppose. <laughs> but yeah, we have, to, we have to dress them, you know, Middle of winter and they're going out with his shitty tracksuit on. It's like, nah, mate. So we're getting them a coach and everything and feed it and, you know. Then that's what's wrong with your system and why you get a lot of reoffending because you're not looking after these people. And, you know, the public of it, oh, well, the drug addicts and that, but you don't know the backstory. You don't know the backstory of these people. A lot of the kids I worked with were on drugs back when I worked with pe young people in crisis. Um, because they'd been abused and shit, and it was the only way to they could escape from what you know, clear their heads for ten minutes while they was off the tips. So don't judge people if you don't know the backstories. Um, you know, they're human beings at the end of the day. So try and help them. I mean, if they throw that help in your face, then that's their problem. But how are you getting a chance of throwing your face? Or you know, I've had lads on detox who. who 
drug addicts, and a lot of them try to get off it while they're in jail, believe it or not. Um, and then the probation put them in hostels that's full of drug addicts. It's like, you're just setting them up to fail, you knobheads. You try and help them out. And then you, you're re-offending, might fucking close down. See, I get passionate about a lot of stuff, and this is one of them. And I'm not, I do good in, le you know, bloody whatever they call them. I just, I look at it like, the number of prisoners and other officers who work in prisons will back me here. <coughs> Excuse me. A lot of the people, I mean, I've told you before, I'm still seeing, after 12 years, I was still seeing lads come back in who were in when I started. It's a failure in the system and it needs adjusting, it needs looking at. Uh, you spend millions and millions of pounds getting building new prisons so you can re get these re-offenders in it because... Oh, I'm not... No, don't. It, I could go on all night about this because it really it really bothers me. I mean, pe the pe I, we've had people at Dovegate who've been released and actually slept in the shelter outside the prison where we come in the jail for our searches. They've actually slept in there and they're like, I've got nowhere else to go. And it, this is what I mean. Why, why is the system letting people come out of jail with nothing where they actually don't want to come out of jail because they're getting fed, they're warm. You know, we, we used to get this elder elderly gentleman, shall we say, um, and he used to get himself arrested every November, maybe, beginning of December, just so... He was in prison over Christmas, so he could... He used to go and assault... A pr Every year he'd go and assault a security man at Tesco's. So he'd get locked up and he'd be in the warm for a, a couple of months and he'd get get fed and, he'd, you know, he was, he was, he's probably passed away now because I've not seen him for a, lot, a long time. Um, but situations like that, mental health patients, they're always in and out because... They're not getting any help when they come out. Uh, I mean, the mental health people at, at Dovegate run off the foot. They run off the feet. Oh, some of them are just... Uh, yeah, some of them are jobs worse and they really annoy me. But a lot of them, a lot of the girls who work mental health and the ISMT, the, sorry, the, the drugs workers in the prison, work the socks off. They do everything they can to help these lads, but... Again, their hands are tied because they've got this stupid law about, well, if you don't serve over three months or whatever, you don't get no help. So they're helping them in jail, knowing full well that waste, it's a waste of time because a lot of them are going to come straight back in. A lot of lads who do more than three months, I mean, I, we had one on my wing once where, I mean, I don't know, I've never, it's never happened to me before, it might have happened to other people. But he had a good job, good family, worked with his dad, he had a business and everything, and he uh, got addicted to heroin. And, and we heard this story loads of times, haven't we? But when he came in, he really, really, really tried. 
and we helped him and he got that um some injection they have where if you take heroin you get a bad effect so it stops you taking it um and he he did really well he ended up like he got on a clean his job on the wing and he was really really fun really good um <laughs> but again he got released um put in a place where he was addicts there ended up taking heroin and he died um sadly sadly but his his mum actually rang up the jail and actually rang got asked to be put through to the wing and she thanked us for helping her son and it was like really upsetting because i don't know i've never it's never happened before for me and it's but that really touched me that you know even though he ended up be dying she was so thankful that we, while he was in prison, we actually helped him. Um, that's just a lot of officers, me included. That's what we did the job for to try and help these people, um, because it's a shit life, isn't it? Um, I can't imagine it to go in prison and you get kicked out with nothing. What are you gonna do? And that's your reoffending, uh, bloody. Ministry of Justice, that's fucking reoffending. Nothing to do with how hard officers and prisons work to rehabilitate people. It's the ones we don't get kicked out with no help that are the ones that are coming back. So that's my rage over. Thank you for listening. Um, and I'll see, speak to you all shortly if you want. And if you don't, I'll still speak because it helps me. Uh, oh, just to say... I've got two listeners in America, one in Spain and one in Lithuania. So, spreading the word, people. Um, and to all my colleagues and also fellow officers throughout the prison service, please, please stay safe and communicate with each other. Thank you very much. Good night. <laughs>